What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoy the discussion. All right, all right. Welcome to Living Life on Purpose podcast. And actually, this will be our first live podcast. What you say? Uh, but today we uh, we're in Ephesians six, and we're in verse seventeen. But we've been discussing over the past few months. I guess about four months now. Uh, we've been discussing what things to do in times of difficulties. What must I continue to do in times of difficulties? Now, there's a caveat. Uh, in regards to this, we're talking about as believers and we say, well, believers. Yeah, yeah. Believers. Believers in what? Believers in God, um, the, the the triune God. You say triune, right? The Trinity, right? The the the, the one, the God that, that is in three different entities, but they are all in unison, right? The three different in- entities, but they're all in unison, meaning they don't operate outside of one another they're not in disagreement all three are in agreement and that is god god the father the intellect uh the decision maker uh the word of god which had became flesh which is uh had put on manly flesh which is god the father i'm sorry which is jesus yeshua uh the christ the messiah uh, the son of man uh, he came to the earth. He was in the form of the word. And then he wrapped himself in flesh and came to the earth. He was born of the Virgin Mary. And then the the Holy Spirit, uh, that Holy Spirit uh, being the what I like to look at as uh, the, 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 the entity that goes about and accomplishes everything God wants done. And it's like, what do you mean by that? Well, Jesus is the word. Right. And the Holy Spirit is is what accomplishes everything that is spoken. So when God said, let there be light, then the Holy Spirit in unction in and are, are coerced or are, are ushered in light. Right. It was the Holy Spirit working that behind the scenes. It was God who wanted light to be in that comes to God. The father wanted light to come into fruition. And then it was Jesus was that word that was spoken, meaning let there be when he spoke it. Jesus was that word. And then the Holy Spirit brought the light into being and all three were in unison. Right. But all three separate entities. And when we say believers, we're saying we believe in that triune God that triune God, the God that has a son as Bizzo, the, the rapper had uh, uh, one of his lines in the, in, in one of his raps, the God that has a son. So, so beyond that, moving right along into Ephesians, discussing things we must do in times of difficulties, things we must do in Ephesians. Well, picking up in Ephesians six, uh, verse 17, last week we talked about uh, put, picking up the shield of faith. Uh, yeah. Taking up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And today we're picking up in verse 17, and this is Ephesians 6, 17. We're just starting right up. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But what I want to focus on and hone in on is the helmet of salvation, the helmet of salvation. So what must we do in times of difficulties? We must put on and keep on and, remain allow it to remain on is the helmet of salvation the helmet of 
salvation. So like, what do you mean by that? What is Paul? And this is Paul talking. This is Paul writing to the Ephesians and he's telling them to put on the armor of God. And now we're down to putting on the helmet. Well, and when you go out to battle, right? And it's always amazing. Like in today's time, you still have soldiers where they'll, they'll have some type of helmet, uh, some type of headgear. Uh, but back then, um, the helmet you put on, it protected, it protected uh, arrows or sword being, you know, somebody swiping at your head uh, with some type of a weapon. Uh, it protected your head, right? Obviously, that's obvious, right? It protected your head. The helmet protected your head. Now, when you think about that in the spiritual realm, you think about something being over your head. Now, it's not physical, obviously, but it's something protecting your mind. Right. Because when he says the helmet of salvation, the salvation isn't a helmet. Right. Salvation is is is, is I guess you would say we it is like a it's not even a place. Right. It was uh, uh, I guess is is it would it be a noun? I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah. This is live so I can actually live look it up. Right. Salvation. I guess I could have uh, looked it up prior. Right. Salvation. It's a noun. Uh, preservation or deliverance from harm, right? And so when he says the helmet of salvation, the helmet of this thing, right? That that is is it is a state of deliverance, right? So take take up the state of deliverance, put that over your head, or protect your mind with this state of deliverance. Now now notice this though, because we're talking about being in a battle. <laughs> That's what's beautiful about this. You're talking about being in a battle and in the battle to protect your head. He's saying, put on the helmet of salvation, put on, let's let, allow the state of deliverance to protect your mind. Wait a minute. I'm being attacked and you're telling me to allow the state of deliverance to protect my mind when I haven't been delivered yet. I'm actually in the battle. It, it hasn't been won yet. But, oh, the contrary. The battle has been won when Jesus, the Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah, the Son of Man, the Word who became flesh when he died, right? And then he rose. And then now he's seated on the right hand of God. When he did all of that, he swallowed. He, he got the victory for us all, right? He got the victory for us all. So, so, so you have been delivered. The battle has been won. But, but what you're talking about is an immediate battle, a battle that you're facing now as a believer of Christ, as a follower of Christ. And whatever that battle may be, you know what I mean? Because you think about in the time that Paul was operating, there was actual battle. And this is the interesting thing. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> who was he fighting against people that said they believed in God isn't that amazingly crazy it, it wasn't people that didn't say they believed in God or people that that was like oh we don't believe in this God no it was it wasn't battling against the Romans no the Romans were just just over the land they were ruling the land they wasn't preventing them from living out their beliefs Christian beliefs or or Judaic beliefs, right? It wasn't if Judaism, right? It wasn't they weren't preventing either of them to practice their religion. The Romans didn't prevent them, right? But but 
there was the those that was practicing Judaism was trying to prevent people from becoming Christians or Christ followers. The, the people, the Jews that that was that were prophesied to that the one was coming didn't believe that Jesus was the one, right? So they was fighting against one another in a sense because all of these were supposedly. God's people. These were God's people fighting against God's people, fighting against this new notion that Jesus was indeed the one. He was indeed the Messiah. He was indeed the king of the Jews. Now, a lot of the Jews were not wanting that to happen. But it wasn't just that battle, right? But this was a battle Paul was facing. This is what I'm getting at. That battle, Paul was facing it. Paul was facing that battle. We're not facing that battle, per se, but there is a battle. And it's not just a battle of, okay, religious minds coming together and fighting, like what's right and what's not. Now, no, 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 don't get me wrong. There is still that battle, right? But this is not what Paul is getting at with the Ephesians because the Ephesians were of the Gentiles, right? So they didn't have to worry about all of those religious laws with the Pharisees. And they didn't have to worry about uh, the Mosaic law and, and conflicting with what Jesus was telling them to do. They didn't have to worry about that. But what they did have to worry about was that the old man, that old nature, what the way they used to walk, how they walked before, before what, before they were introduced to Christ, before they decided to take up their cross and follow Christ, that it became a battle. Right. And we all faced that battle every day. We face that battle. There's this old nature and there's these encounters with people because people will bring the best out of you and they'll bring the worst out of you. But what God is wanting brought out of you is him. In all. God is wanting himself to be brought out of you in all, not necessarily by them. Right. Meaning they're directly trying to get you to show them God. No, they may be trying to get you to show you some ugliness, but you're saying, but God is wanting, what I'm saying God is wanting is he wants you to love them despite what they do. Love them despite what they do. And and, and there are times where you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to do that, right? Of course you don't want to do that. You don't love people that over here ridiculing you and, and downing you and doubting you. No, you don't want to love them. No, you want to let them know who they are. Like, let me tell you something. Let me put you in your place, little homie. It's like, but nah, man, <laughs> and it's not that you can't put them in their place. You can do it. There's a way that you can correct people in love, right? And that's what God is saying. But in that, in that, what am I getting? Let me talk about what I'm getting at. In that, you are being tested and you are feeling the weight of defeat on you. And your mind is starting to wonder, when am I going to be delivered? Paul is saying, don't lose heart. Take up this helmet of salvation, this helmet of I have been delivered because because you know where you're going after you leave this world. And seeing how I'm talking about Paul, let me let me just go to Corinthians. I, I, I love this scripture. I'm going to go to Second Corinthians and I'm going to go to Second Corinthians chapter four. And it's uh, let's see where I'm going to pick up because I'm going to pick up verse set. There's a lot of reading here, but this is really good, though. Really, really good. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this let me read that again. Verse seven, Ephesians, 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse seven, starting with verse seven. This is the NIV. But we have this treasure in, jar, in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed. Let me let me I'm going to actually go back up because I want I want you to see something. I'm going to go up to verse four. 
yeah, yeah, I'm going to start at verse four. It said, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Yeah, this is a good verse to start. The God of this age, the God, little g, of this age, this, this time, this period, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not of ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars. The jars he's talking about is, are, are their bodies. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. We're call, he's calling, the, the, calling our bodies jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. I'm going to stop there. Paul is discussing with the Corinthians in this letter to the Corinthians about receiving this gospel. What gospel? This good news that it was in fact Jesus. He was in fact the one of everything that I started out talking about. Jesus was in fact the one. Who is this Jesus? This Jesus was God. He was the word of God. The word of God became flesh as John so eloquently put it over in the gospel of John verse in chapter one. The word was with God. The word was God. And there was nothing made without the word that was God. And all the more the word became flesh. And I paraphrase the first 14 verses. That's, that's what I just did. This thing. The word was God. The word was with God. And there was nothing without the word that was made. Because when God said that there be like that, there was like in that word that God spoke was Jesus. But moving right along, this this truth was shared with Paul and the other apostles and many that believe. Right. And Paul was just saying we are front runners in a sense. What you mean front runners? Well, they was they was they were they were um, they were dispersed. God sent them out. Jesus sent them out to go and to be a witness to, to all of the land that, that he had come, that he had died for the sake of, of, of all of mankind. He died for everybody in the world, right? He died for everybody, but he didn't just die. He wasn't just the sacrifice, right? He got up and a lot of, you know, a lot of people's like question that. Well, he died. He's not dead anymore. But, but notice this. He, he sacrificed himself, his own flesh in his own time here on earth for other people versus like being that sacrificial lamb because that was what the Judah Jew that's what the tribe that's what the Jews practice they practice sacrificing animals for sin for atonement well Jesus was that atonement he helped us to atone he helped the atonement of us with God right basically reconciliation was was through him with God so that we could all be back rightly related with God and after that sacrifice that's what position we got in that was the salvation. That was the deliverance. We were on our way to damnation. Why? Because of one man's sin. And then we subsequently began to follow that same man in sin. Right. Right. Constantly and habitually, routinely 
just going against the nature of God. But then God made a way for us to follow him by, by him, son, coming to the earth. And I know this is all crazy, right? Cuckoo. How does it even make sense? Well, we have this example in Jesus who came to the earth and only did what God wanted him to do. And then he did it all the way up until the point where he died. And it wasn't just that he died, right? People sacrificed people. People put him on a cross to kill him, to ridicule him, to mock him because it was cursed. Cursed is a band that lives on, on a tree. They were doing that to say, this guy, this guy that's claiming to be the king of the Jews, we have nothing to do with this guy. We, do, we don't want anything to do with this guy, not this guy, but this guy who allowed that to happen to himself did that for all of mankind. Even the people that were nailing him to the cross, he was doing that for them, doing what for them so that they too could see God, so that they too could have the path to God. And why would anybody want to go to God? Well, because we came from God. Why wouldn't you want to go back to the entity that you came from? What do you mean go back to him? Go back to him and live with him and reside with him, to, to dwell with him, not just on earth, but in, in the place where uh, 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 what we call heaven, right? That that place where you won't ever have to die again, right? And that's like, that's like, this is what we're talking. This is the deliverance. Right. Not being separated from him, but being in his presence forever. And see, that was the picture of I know I'm rambling now, but that was the picture of Adam and Eve in the garden. Right. Adam and Eve, Adam, the first man that God created on Earth, not necessarily the first man he created, but the first man he created on Earth. Right. He was the first son. Right. And they then he created a wife for Adam, a helpmeet. He placed them in the garden and they were to be in the garden and, and live blissfully with God, not without God, with God. But then they acted without God. And that created a separation between us and God because we wanted to act without God. And that is transgression. That is sin. That is wickedness when we want to live without God. But Jesus came here living with God. And he created and he, no, he exemplified the way to God was to live with God in all that we do. Because that's all that he did. And we are to follow after his example. Just that plain and simple. I know I've given you a whole lot of data just then. Just a whole lot of data. But but it's cool. Just You can rewind this and play. You can pop, you can stop it, pause it, rewind it, and re let it allow it to repeat so that it can actually marinate within you. But what I'm getting at is this information, that truth, all of what I just said, Paul said, we got that. And we have that in jars of clay, meaning me being a, a jar of clay. I have that truth residing within me. And I'm here on this live podcast sharing, sharing that truth, that very truth that Jesus came. And he was the ultimate example for us to follow. He became that, right? That ultimate example for us to follow back to God. That's what we're doing. We're just following. Sorry. We're just following Jesus back to God. That's what we're doing. We're following after his example. We're believing in all that he did, knowing that we have been delivered and knowing this, too. That everything we faced as a result of us following Christ, it's OK. Why? Because we know where we're going. We're still going to be with Christ. And that's why I love what Paul read, what Paul was saying to the Corinthians. Beginning in verse eight, when he said, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, 
but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Right. He's basically saying we're dying daily. And this is not literally right. Obviously, they're not literally dying. But what he's saying is they're taking up their cross and they're denying themselves. This is what Jesus said. Those that are following me, they must take up their cross, deny themselves and follow him or deny themselves, take up the cross and follow him in that order, particularly. But what Paul is referring to was the self-sacrifice. Right. We are self-sacrificing every day just for the sake of sharing this truth to you all. We're hard pressed on every side. There are constantly people trying to truth. This was in Paul's time. There were people routinely physically abusing them for sharing this truth. But Paul said we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're not destroyed. We're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're, 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 we are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed, right? We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Why? Because we have the helmet of salvation on. That's why. Because, because we know where we're going. We know why we're doing this. Why are we doing this? Because, because we want this truth to be shared throughout the land. We want everybody to see, regardless of how y'all are treating us, we want everybody to see. That Christ did die and Christ did rise. And we have salvation. We have been delivered. And I'm going to continue to read on, uh, picking back up. So I read 12. So then death, it, this is 12, 2 Corinthians 4, 12. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you, right? Sacrificing ourselves so that you may have life as it is written. I believe, therefore, I have spoken since we have that same spirit of faith we also believe and therefore speak because we know that the one who raised the lord jesus from the dead will also raise us with jesus and present us with you to himself all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the god to the glory of god therefore we do not lose heart when we are in a time of difficulty, we don't lose heart. Mm -mm, nope. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, yeah, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's it. I love how Paul ended that. We fix our eyes on what is on. We 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 so so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary. See, what are we talking about? We're talking about things you must do in a time of difficulty, right? We're we're in a currently in a difficult period. People are losing their jobs. Loved ones are dying, right? And it's difficult. 
I mean, people are dying or left and right. You're hearing about people dying, whether it is due to the coronavirus or if it is just people dying. Just a causes that that seems to be so outrageous. You know what I mean? Like this time is it's like almost like cancer is almost being like overlooked, like psh, because of because of the effect of the coronavirus. Right. So 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 people are panicking still constantly. People are still panicking. People don't know what to do. Right. And 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 what you see is what you see is a time where people are becoming depressed. Uh, people are becoming anxious. People are having anxiety attacks. Right. Why? Because we're in this this time where, where, where we, we're losing our jobs. and You can't just go get another job where I love ones like just just putting us in a state of bizarre that our loved ones are here and then they're then they're gone. This is a difficult time and it and it wars against your mind. It wars against your mind and it causes you to, to doubt like like we, we don't live in this in a, in a time where where God was just, you know, what I mean, Jesus was on the earth and he was doing all of these miracles and, and people were getting healed. And, and it ain't that God isn't healing people. Yo, yes, he's healing people. And I'm not just talking about through medicine. Right? I'm talking about God is literally healing people because they were praying to God and God actually healed them. Yes, God is still doing that. But that see, that isn't highlighted. What's highlighted are natural things like the doctor and surgeries and things of that nature. So God is sort of in the back. Right. He's sort of he's sort of he's sort of behind the scenes. Right. And so when times like this come about, when 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 a virus is affecting not just the United States, not just Texas, not just North America, but but every continent has been affected. Everywhere, every person in the world has been affected by this virus, whether whether it is. A conspiracy or if it's a, if or if it is a plague from God, I don't know. But all I do know it is it is warring against people's minds. It's warring against their mind, man. And like and, and, he, and you have to ask, like, man, what, what do we do? Like everything which we're, we're praying, Corey, we've been praying. We've been praying, man. We've been praying. I'm, I'm, and and man, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's I'm still feeling anxious, bro. I'm still panicking. I'm still afraid. I'm still afraid. Right. I'm still in fear that I may lose my job or I might lose one of my loved ones tomorrow. And I can't give you something to help you to subside uh, that feeling or those thoughts. I can't give you something that will subside it. I can only tell you to make a choice. Make a choice because this won't subside that, but it will combat it. It won't subside it, but it'll combat it. And it's like, what? What will combat it? Just what Paul said. Fix your eyes on things that are eternal, not on things that are temporary. Because see, the enemy, and now we're talking about him. The enemy will make you think that the thing you're going through is everlasting. But I would shift you. I would I would I would um I would prod you. I, I would I would uh beckon you. I would beckon you to to just for for a moment to think about something you've been through. All right. Think about a difficult time that you've gone through. 
And just think about it, right? And and you're like, why, man? I don't want to do this. No, just think about a difficult time that you've gone through. And I'm gonna give you an example. Like I remember, I dislocated my toe. <laughs> that was difficult. I don't know if you've ever difficult. Any of you have ever dislocated something, a body part? But I was playing basketball, man. Stepped on a guy's foot and toe just popped out. Just popped out. And it and I thought I broke it. And I remember taking off my shoe. And they tell you never take off the shoe. I took the shoe off and. It seemed like my whole foot just inflated, just like, like it just it just swelled, man. And that's how I felt. I felt like, whoa, man, this is crazy. And all of my cousins and they were all looking at me. They were like, bro, look at your foot. It looked surreal. My skin was was rippled back, like right, and my toe was facing me, like pointing towards my body. That ain't how it was supposed to go. It was pointing towards my body, right? On top of my foot. It was sitting on top of my foot, pointing towards my body. That was crazy. I'm looking at that thing like, whoa, that's crazy, right? I'm like tripping out. And it was, I was in a whole lot of pain. But I wasn't responding to the pain. I was, what I was doing was shifting my attention to to, to something that that would help me not focus on where the state that I was in, but the state that I was going to be in. Like I was thinking about getting it fixed, not necessarily like all the pain. And and it kept me calm thinking about getting it fixed. I'm just like, I'm going to get it fixed. I knew I was going to get it fixed somehow or another. I knew it wasn't going to last long. Right. And And when I went to the doctor, they popped it back in. Right. He popped it in. He told me it wasn't broken. It was dislocated. I thought it was broken, but it wasn't. He popped it back in, slipped that thing in without me knowing. He was just talking about, well, I was like, what you doing? All oh, nothing. Then he just popped it in. I was like, whoa. And that was crazy. And then I tried to walk on it and I couldn't. That was also crazy. Um, but that affliction was only temporary. Just as Paul was talking about to the Corinthians, that affliction was only temporary. Just like this virus is only temporary and and if you would just fix your thing your mind on something that is eternal like god is eternal like like you may be broke right now but you're not going to be broke forever it's not it's only temporary and and all he's saying is just fix your mind on things that are eternal like you you've been saved bro it's salvation is already here you just gotta walk in that thing you've been delivered you don't have to walk in this being defeated. I don't have to walk in the state of this coronavirus defeat. I just got to be obedient. I just have to obey God. That's all I have to do. I just got to fix my eyes on things that are eternal, like my father. Like he's delivered me, like he has me. He's, he's keeping me. He's sustaining me. I need to guard my mind with that. That's the helmet that I got to keep on my head every time I go out, because regardless of this coronavirus, even when there's a state that things look like everything's good, it's not. Just like those things that the difficult times are temporary, good times here on earth are temporary because there's always something going to happen. It's like, well, man, why? You know, why are we going to have bad stuff happen? Well, because we're in a broken world. Our world is broken because of our sin, our lawlessness because of our transgression. Yeah, just because we made a choice to follow after Christ because of his sacrifice, because we've chosen to 
follow his example and living with God and being reconciled with God and doing things the God way. Not everybody is. So, so the world is waiting for all of us to come, all of us that are going to come, not that everybody will, but all of us that are going to come. The world is waiting. This is also Paul in Romans chapter eight, the world, meaning not the world itself, the people, the earth, the earth is groaning. When, when are the sons of God going to come into fruition so that we also, because the earth is going to get a new it's going to be a new earth and there's going to be a new heaven. They're going to get a makeover too. We're not the only ones getting a makeover. And I know that's a whole discussion for a whole other time, but yeah, we go into that. But anyways, the earth getting a makeover, but right now it doesn't have one. Right now it looks like the prince of darkness is still ruling, but he's not. It's just looking like it's a temporary thing. All right. He's going to go to jail too. He has his appointed time where he has to go to jail forever too. And everybody that's following him is going to go to jail forever. Spiritual jail. Right. And we all know the name of it. It's called hell, but hell and, and, and him and also going to be thrown into the lake of fire. And that's also another discussion for another time. I'm not here to talk to you about that. I'm here to talk to you about putting on this helmet of salvation. Keeping it in mind. Right. That I have a God who has delivered me. Regardless of the difficult times that I'm going through, I'm I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I don't have to be anxious because the virus is still on the earth. I don't have to be anxious. I just have to be obedient. I just have to trust God. Okay, God got me because viruses are in the land all the time, guys. It is. So, so, so if that is the case, then I occasionally get sick or I may not get sick. And if I get sick, what do I do? I, I pray to God. I talk to him. What do I need to do now that I'm sick or or what do I need to do to prevent this sickness? I need to be mindful of everything he's wanting me to do without jeopardizing what he's wanting me to do. All right. Meaning, meaning without causing any type of conflict, I got to keep obeying God regardless of the virus. I got to obey God. If he wants me to go, out, I got to go out. If he wants me to stay in, I got to stay in. I got to do what God is wanting me to do. Keeping in mind that regardless of what's going on. I've been delivered. And that's the helmet of salvation. That's that spiritual helmet. I've been delivered. I am walking in deliverance. And I got to choose to walk in it. I got to keep my eyes fixed on it. And that's all I have. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, Join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.